You are now listening to the Fresh Out the Cocoon podcast with Dr. Joy Cox. This pod is unapologetically pro-fat and pro-black. Welcome to my space. I'm glad you're here. Day, good people. It is such a feel-good moment to be back. I am happy to announce episode three of season three uh, for Fresh Out of the Cocoon. It's been a while. I've stepped away for a little bit. Um, I was actually in the process of writing a book, um, so with not not without good reason. Um, but it is definitely good to be back, to be part of community again, and to bring you some awesome individuals that you should know more about. And so I'm not going to waste much time in hopping into this. This episode for today is kind of centered around channeling creativity through finding yourself. And I am pleased to have no one else but the fabulous Marlena Jones, who is a digital illustrator. Um, Marlena is a digital illustrator and she is an artist. She does freelance work. And you probably have seen her work, but you didn't know the person behind it. And we want to get into that fairly quickly here because um, Miss Jones, Marlena, she does a lot of the designs for Jay Mobley, who is the founder of Fat Mermaids. So let's go ahead and jump into her story. Welcome, Miss Marlena. We are so happy to have you here today. And I'm happy that you. you are here to talk about your journey. Thank you. I'm happy to be here to, to speak about it. Awesome. So let's just go ahead and jump right into things. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Okay. Well, my name is Marlena Jones, and I am a freelance digital illustrator for Marlena Jones Illustration. I've been drawing uh, semi-professionally, I'd say, probably for about five years now. I just recently sort of went official and filing my LLC and, and deciding that this was something I wanted to do as a career and uh, for my business. So uh, now I can feel comfortable saying that, yes, <laughs> I am a freelance digital illustrator and it's what I do for money. <laughs> well, yay, that's awesome. I like the way you said finally went official. So allow me to give you official congratulations on <laughs> Thank you. Um, on accomplishing that goal. That's a big deal. Um, it is. If people have never been through like, you know, what it takes to become an actual small business, it's it's a, it's a lot of work and sometimes a good amount of coin. So yeah. <laughs> uh, congrats to you on that. Thank you. All right. And so this, this, um, the, the, the title of today, we're going to talk about kind of the power of creativity, right? And and look at your journey. So if you would uh, be so kind as to give us like your backstory. So, you know, where did you grow up? What did you do? And maybe talk a bit about how bodies were viewed among your family to kind of get you to this place where you are now. Sure. Well, you know, I was a military kid. So I was a military brat. Um, my father was in the Marine Corps, and so I, I believe he did 15 years in the military, and we moved around a lot. So I was born in Alabama, 
we lived in North Carolina after that, and then we ended up coming to Ohio when he um, separated from the military. And I grew up in Canton, which is uh, where the Football Hall of Fame is. It's kind of like a small city, but, like, it's very intimate, and it has a lot of character, and it's diverse. So I grew up around a lot of black people, black bodies, different types of just human beings just living their lives and existing. So, yes, I saw the bigger bodies, especially women. My mother was a bigger woman, and I didn't view her as, you know, I just, she was my mom. She was soft and comfy and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I, I didn't view that as an issue. And my father didn't. I was not considered that in high school by by the standards that, you know, many people can, can view someone. It's sort of like when you can't tell if someone's black and then people mm-hmm. say, well, are they really black? Because you can't see it immediately. I'm what is called a small fat, <laughs> which I'll get into later how I even came across that term and how I was gifted the knowledge that I can still be fat, but I still have work to do within the fat community for women bigger than me. But I didn't have that viewpoint then. My insecurities around my weight started when I, you know, when I was about 13, 14, and that's at the age where naturally you're starting to compete if you are straight and you identify. You identify as a straight, you know, cis black girl, and you're trying to compete for attention with men or young young men at that age. And uh, you're kind of just thrown into it because, it's not that you ask for people to comment on your body, but you get those comments. Right. And you see them comment on other people. So I knew early on that I was not skinny, but I also knew that I wasn't fat. I wasn't that, the, the, you know, because there, there's a certain fat that people think is desirable, is, you know, the shape, the shape thing. And right. I have, I'm very top-heavy. So I was dealing with the fact that I wasn't skinny, but... And that was sort of something I wanted to fix. But also I knew that my body was desirable. And that was confusing. I think it, I just think it caused me to have conflicts about how I felt. I hated my body when I was Mm -hmm. in high school. Girls would tell you, oh, I wish I had this. Okay, but, you know, I don't know. And, And then, of course, boys and men, the way they grow up, the way society molds them, you know, they're just trying to have their way with you. So I didn't have space to learn to love my body young. My body was already being torn apart and <laughs> by other people and dissected. And I just know that I felt I could fix the way I felt about my body by being skinny mm-hmm. or smaller. Or, you mm-hmm. know, so that when, you know, I could wear the, the hip huggers, so I could wear a crop top, you know. And I never, I never, no one ever told me, even though there was, you know, women, there were women in my life that were heavier. There was not a sense of it's okay to be heavy. But, mm-hmm. there all, but you know, my mother did not, I didn't see her work out or try to, you know, I, but, you know, in the, in the 80s and 90s, what was popular, swim fast. Um, <laughs> right. No, right. Yeah. 
Right. And me and my mother, we both worked in drugstores and, and retail stores. So, you know, I saw some of those things, you know, but I, I, I don't think she obsessed over her weight. But I know I definitely obsessed over mine. <laughs> I see. And so just kind of taking, I guess, a landscape of where you were during your teens and being surrounded by people. Did you find a safe space during that time? Was there like a place where you where there was someone you could confide in or did, was this like just something that you dealt with by yourself? Um, I dealt with it by myself, uh, how I felt about my body. And, you know, I, I think that I had more control over what I could do about my weight after I, you know, left the home and got married and had kids. That's when I started getting into I've got to work out. I've got to count calories. I've got to do this. I've got to do that because I need to keep my husband or I need to, you know, keep my husband interested or, oh, they say marriage, you know, you shouldn't let yourself fall apart. You know, I just, and and with weight loss, one of the things I've really come to understand about it is that when I have done weight loss in the past, it was never something I wanted to do. Mm. It was something everyone else was doing. And I kind of jumped Mm -hmm. on and said, yeah, I, I need to as well. And who does That's that really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think, you know, I think on some level, we probably all participate in those type of behaviors as it relates to like things that trend, like you find mm-hmm. yourself buying stuff because everybody else buys it, you know, or, and I, I've done you know, or diet. have you done the cabbage oh my, diet? I know. <laughs> listen, a few times. There, there have been, listen, there have been some diets, <laughs> but you know, unless a sister was close to death, cabbage soup. <laughs> was not going to be an option. Cabbage is wonderful. You're missing out. No, see, I love cabbage, but not enough to make it, you know, like that staple thing. And soup is just, you know, all the sipping and stuff. Like horrible meat. Right. Like no matter what what soup it was, it was just it's just silly. And I've seen I I, I, I'm not saying that because I know there's people that aren't there yet and they're not interested in being there at that point, Mm -hmm. at that, you know, and that's okay. But I do really want to point out that when you are, when you're in that mindset about your body, that you have to change it, you're never happy with it. I couldn't enjoy my body. I never enjoyed clothes. Like, Mm -hmm. I love shopping. I can't imagine not doing my makeup and doing my hair and putting the clothes on that make me feel good because someone else doesn't like them on me or because I feel like, well, I don't have the right body for this. And I mean, I, I get it. I just want to, I, I get it. I do. But it, it is so freeing when you can just say, this is the body I have and I'm okay with it right now. Yeah. I might even gain 10 more pounds. I don't know. I'm not weighing myself. Let's just get Mm -hmm. crazy. Like, I don't know what's happening. I, but I, I'm not, I, I, the the attention I used to put on dieting and exercise, I put elsewhere that make me happy, like my art. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's, that's really powerful. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I want, that's why I said it. I want people to know that. Like you, we waste a lot of energy and it's really busy, creative energy. If you can walk on a treadmill, listen, I hate cardio. Cardio in me, mm-mm. You know what I like mm. to do? I like to lift weights. Same. Yeah. 
I love me a good weight bench, okay? And I have a story to tell about how I even ended up in the weight room because it's a scary place to be for any woman, but really scary for a fat black woman <laughs> in her 30s. <laughs> well, listen, I'm I'm all ears. Do you want to tell the story now? Yeah, it's it's really short. Um, so my husband's prior military, so we live on you know a military base that you know had a gym. So I was just sick of cardio. I said, I want to see what you're doing over there. So he taught me how to use you know the the uh, weights and what to lift with, and I w- really wasn't into it because I was so self conscious. I was very mm-hmm. self conscious, and 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 I had anxiety that was undiagnosed on top of that. So it, I was a mess. I just, I was in my head. I couldn't enjoy it, and I stopped for a while. So then we moved here, and here is um, Reynoldsburg, Ohio. It's just outside of Columbus. We started going to the gym here, and we I got reintroduced to the weight, and I literally just got to a point where I said, I love these weights more than I care about if someone's looking at me. Because mm-hmm. it's... When people say, oh, just go to the gym, no one's looking at you, that's BS. Right. That's BS. And I think it's a wonderful sentiment, but it's a lie. People judge people. People look at people and make assumptions, and it's a part of life. And if I would have, I didn't let that stop me. I went in there and said I had to talk myself into going in there and staying in there. People don't talk about, well, if you go in there and do the leg press and you leave, then, you know, I mean, it's, you know, don't leave. Stay in there and do another machine. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you deserve to be there. You're allowed to be in the weight room and lift weights and not know what you're doing. I know it's embarrassing to bring a friend because if you love it, you you have to do it. You it, it Nothing will stop you. With exercise, with cardio, I was doing exercises I didn't like, so no wonder I couldn't keep up with it. And... I was jumping on the scale every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that anymore. I stopped jumping on the scale. I um, I stopped doing exercises that weren't fun to me. I just talked to my best friend yesterday. We both conquered, well, I don't know if we conquered it, but we definitely have been working on our makeup together on Snapchat during this quarantine. And she lives in Alabama, and I live up here in Ohio, so I miss her dearly. But we were just talking about, you know, elevation and getting better at things for us. And, I mean, my best friend can do a full face of makeup. Like, she is also. So shout out to mm. her. But but the fe- it's, it's the fear of what are, what are other people going to say? What are other people going to do when they see me? What, you know, and it's like, it's just, just do it. Everybody else is doing what they want to do. And you're right. sitting here. And you're you're trying to anticipate what people are gonna say. It's oh, it's tiring. You know, like it's tiring. Right. And um, but I said, what are we gonna conquer next now that you've done makeup? Well, she said, um, well, you know, I gotta get moving. And I said, me too. I said, I like to put on you know a nice little ratchet trap song and just dance until it's over. I might even put it on repeat so I can learn the words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean. That's fun to me. And I, I get up and I move my body. I take a little break from my desk and I'm happy. I'm in my zone. I'm not right. that happy when I'm at the gym. So why am I there? Right. 
No, I mean, I think that you said a lot, um, you know, about doing the things that, that, you know, that, that make you happy. And then also doing the things that, that you want to do. Uh, I think that especially when we talk about marginalized groups, there's so much of us doing what we have to do uh, to survive that we kind of forget that we have a choice sometimes to do what we want to do. Yes, um, and so absolutely. I'm definitely happy for you that you've found that place in kind of thinking about, I mean, a lot of what you've talked about thus far has been about you being in that space. And yeah. so I'm just wondering if there was like a turning point for you or an aha moment when you were like, you know, this is it. I'm not doing what everybody else wants me to do anymore. Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know. This sparkling, this sparkling water might not be enough for that conversation. I might have to get some <laughs> wine. I mean, that's heavy. That's heavy because I'm deep in it now. Mm-hmm. And... When you when you talk about what you're really talking about is putting down other people's needs and wants mm-hmm. and picking up your own, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I put down everyone else's crap. I was a bag lady, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I would try. I would knock you out the way to pick up your bag. Let me handle that for you. I got that for you. I can stop that because the you know people can love you and really care about you, but some people will allow you to keep giving and giving and giving and giving, especially if you're doing what you want, they want you to do. So if you if you are fat and you're losing weight, and, oh, then that's great. But if you're fat and you wear a crop top, then it's a problem. Same body. Right. Same when I was wearing a T-shirt, you were my friend, and now I want to do this. And now, you know, no, it's, you really, my aha moment, I mean, I, I had, a, I, well, let me be honest with you. I had several aha moments. I just didn't listen. Okay. And that's what okay. a lot of people do. I, I, I still do it. Um, I, But I, I think my aha moment when I realized that I found out I was anemic, and like I said, I, I had been um, diagnosed with anxiety and depression, I think maybe four years ago, four or five years ago. I think some of those issues, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I said, you know what? I'm so busy worrying about all this over here. I'm not taking care of me. I'm not taking care of my mental. I'm worried about my weight. <laughs> you know, and I, why? Because I'm fine the way I am. I, nobody told me I had to do it. I'm just doing it because that's what, I mean, that's what people talk about. And I was just, I was tired of always feeling like I couldn't enjoy my summer because I had a stomach. I have four kids. Of course, I'm gonna have a stomach, <laughs> and I've had uh, you know a fifth surgery on top of that. So, you know, my stomach, to me, me and my stomach, we haven't had our like well, we we we've had our beef, but I apologize to my stomach, <laughs> and I said, you know what, you did right by me and my kids, so I'm gonna leave you alone. You can chill, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking badly about you because you're fine, you're good. And I let that go. I also followed a an Instagrammer. Her name is I I can't place her name, but if I can remember, I'll I'll I'll, I'll say it. But she doesn't. She didn't. She stopped weighing herself. And I I was against it. I was like I'm I have to know what's going on. But 
I actually don't weigh myself that often. I think the last time I weighed myself was last week, and then I weighed myself at the doctor, obviously. And, um, you know, I can I can tell them I don't want to know my number. I'm not interested in it. And I think my aha moment was just I have other stuff to take care of, and my art needed me. I wasn't drawing anymore. I was a mom. I was a wife. I was everything to everybody. And the things I was interested in, I wanted to draw things. I wanted to create things that pleased me. And I like. I found I like to draw black women. I like to draw people like me. But the mm-hmm. thing is, I didn't start drawing that body like mine. That was a problem. But I didn't realize mm-hmm. that until I, I met Jay. Okay. And so uh, just in that same vein, since now here we are, you've had your aha moments which seem like they have been like more than one. And I think that is something that happens in life that we kind of get enlightened as we continue to tap into things. You find another, I don't know, maybe another stream of consciousness, so to speak, where you are constantly being illuminated in the direction that you want to go in life um, that allows you to be a bit more liberated each time you kind of step in. But yeah, I mean, since you brought up Jay, um, let's talk a little bit about how, you know, how you coming to these spaces of freedom has impacted the work that you do. Oh, my gosh. I mean, (laughs) I love talking about Jay and I love talking about creativity and they're really one and the same because Jay and I, we met, I think, on a Facebook game. And we were part of the same, like, on the same group of people that played this game. And she, I've been, I mean, we've been rocking ever since. Like, I don't know what it is about. She has a very creative spirit, and I have a very creative spirit. And when we met, it's like it wasn't even on any business level. It was we were just Facebook friends. I've actually never met Jay, and I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that, that we work very well together in our entire relationship is virtual really <laughs> you know and, and for those fact, of you who don't know okay because we haven't said exactly who jay is <laughs> oh okay. um, <laughs> um but no it's fine those of you who don't know um when we're referring to jay we're actually referring to jay mobley who is the creator the founder of fat mermaids um the clothing brand yeah so jay um jay and i I remember one time Jay – now, Jay always knew that I drew because sometimes I would post it. Back then, and when I say back then, I want, I want to say about five, five, six – about six years ago. I've been in Reynolds for six years, so – but I've been drawing for about five. It took me – I didn't immediately start taking commissions or anything like that. Um, I was just drawing for fun. So – and I would share, I would share my, my drawing on Facebook sometimes. And Jay would always support me. I mean, people have to understand when you are sharing something like that with people and people don't, that's why likes are so important, but that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, she she was with me from the beginning. She used to do cakes. She used to decorate cakes. And she was going to do a cake for a little girl, and she said, I need to show them a sketch. Um, I know you can draw. Can you sketch this idea out on a cake? And I think I still have that sketch. I sketched it for her. I snapped a picture of it, sent it to her, and she loved it. And she showed it to the parents. The parents approved the sketch. And I was excited. 
I was so happy. I, I'm so excited about it because it was fun for me. I enjoyed it. It wasn't a labor. I wasn't hurting myself or doing anything I didn't want to do. And I think that's when I thought that maybe, I don't even think then I said I can do this as a career because I was still scared. I had a lot of fear in me. And so, I mean, I do think that this kind of speaks to the power of like community and what it means when you can find somebody that you can really vibe to and connect with. And so you're in this space, you've done your first drawing. Tell us a little bit about how you found yourself in a space to be able to, to start illustrating, I guess, more fat bodies, people that look like you, uh, things of that nature. You know, it, it wasn't easy because when I started drawing out, my first drawings were about hair because I'm natural. I do wear wigs and things like that, but I haven't had a relaxer in I don't know how long. And uh, my daughter doesn't have a relaxer. She's uh, going to be 17 this year. She's never had a relaxer. So I care, and and black women, I love it. It's <laughs> I just love drawing it. I just love the different ways that, you know, the shapes and directions that our hair can go and the things we can do. So I would have my daughter pose for me and I would take a picture of her and then I'd sketch it out and, you know, I'd decorate it the way I want or whatever. What happened was I did a painting for my sister's hairdresser at the time. She saw my illustration of it my digital illustration of it on my Instagram and liked it and wanted it painted. I did it and I put together the entire thing I got on YouTube and I found out how to brace. I got the hardboard from Home Depot. I got, I, I got the bracket. I came and hung it for her and I, and I charged her $300. And that was the first time I did something like that and I don't paint so, and I told her I said listen I don't I can paint it for you but I don't paint so you know and and she she loved it and she I don't you know it it's crazy I have a picture of the painting hanging up in the um in her salon from the street at night and my sister took it for me so once I did that painting and it was great I transitioned to drawing fat bodies when I noticed myself that my drawings, the bodies, I spent a lot of time on the faces, but not the bodies. And I did start, I don't know if I even started drawing fat bodies until Jay wanted me to draw a fat mermaid, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and, you know, she really, she, you know, Jay is a sweetheart. I know people, a lot of people may not know that about her or know her, but she's a sweetheart. So getting her to give me revisions and edits was like, <laughs> was like trying to get milk from a horse. But, you know, when she was telling me, you know, well, it needs to be fatter here, the stomach needs to be bigger, and, there, I mean, you know, rolls and all that. And, I mean, she honestly, she checked me. You know what I'm saying? She checked me, mm-hmm. and, and I needed that. It was a wake-up call that I'm drawing these black women, but I'm not drawing diverse black women. I'm not drawing, I'm not drawing me. I'm not drawing women with curves and dimpled thighs and, and, and 
you know, fat arms because I have that. And I think it working with her and her brand and, and what she stands for with her brand and what she's doing with that, it helped me come to a place where I say I, I can't – I've had people say, why don't you draw white people? I mean <laughs> – and I didn't know how to answer that before, but now I do. And I would definitely say, you know, there are people that need illustrations that look like them and everybody, not just white people. I've had clients that come to me and they've gone to other people for their illustrations and they say, this person can't draw the hair right or my skin is too orange or they don't know undertones. You know, I take mm-hmm. pride in drawing nothing but black people because, there are people out there that can't get our skin tones right. They don't they don't see us that way, but I do. Right. When I look at yes, when I look at black people, I look when I look at people's faces, like their bodies and different shapes, you know, that there are I, I mean, I have come such a long way in my understanding and appreciation of people just existing. I I I was like, you know, I can't sit here and say I had it all together and I knew about all this. I didn't. But I definitely am, you know, I'm learning a lot about myself and other people. I would like to go even further with my my artwork and draw even more diverse body shapes, um, especially body shapes that are not idealized at all. Like, you know, we have these these terms we use for people, you know, shape like SpongeBob or, you know, I had a pancake ass in seventh grade. And I remember this boy I had a fresh on told me that my ass was flat. You know, I mean... We, we just tear each other apart and we frame it like, oh, well, I'm just playing. Or, but it's not just playing if I've heard it 10 times. It's not just playing if you constantly say it and you, and you have to mention it constantly. Like, it, it wears on people. So I'm working through that. And I work out a lot of stuff in my art. So if you have followed me for a while and you see, you've seen how far I've come or my subject matter change, it's because I'm changing. And that's the thing that's the thing about art that I love. And Jay, through working with her, I had a chance to evolve in my art and help her with her business. She put me in a position to be it's almost like an internship. We we work together to help each other grow. And I would not be where I'm at if she didn't keep having me draw different bodies. And she didn't say, hey, I want the lips to look like this. I want the eyes to look like this. I want the hair to look like this. I mean, you have people in your life that come into your life specifically to push you. Mm. And she's definitely one of those people for me. Awesome. And so I guess kind of piggybacking on that a little bit, um, maybe backtracking too. Um, I've heard you speak about your husband and also about your children more than once. Um, what do you see their influence or have they influenced um, influence you in any way as it relates to the work that you do and how you see yourself? Yes. Um, anybody that knows me knows my kids are like, they're probably some of my best friends, but I don't call them, they're, they're my kids and I'm definitely mama, but they are some pretty cool kids. And um, they've all had various, you know, they're, they're teenagers. Um, I have a nine year old who's going to be 10, but they're pretty much all teenagers by now. I'm just, I'm tired. You can hear my voice, but, um, <laughs> no, I, my, my son, my son, um, had some insecurities. One of my sons had some insecurities, especially in the summer, going to the pool. 
And you know, work you know, work doing this work and drawing and, and interacting with people where it's important for them to see themselves, you know, drawn in a way that they're desirable and they're not even desirable. I, I just like drawing normal people doing, you know, normal stuff or kind of weird stuff. I'm a little weird. But um my son, you know, I told him, I said, What do you need to what do you need to be comfortable at the pool? And he said, I need a swim shirt. And I'm like, let's go get a swim shirt, you know, making sure I'm not, you know, mentioning his food or saying, oh, you know, you're eating again, you know, things like that. Like there are things that I had to really not do that were – I didn't want to make him feel different about his body. He is gorgeous. He is a beautiful, young, you know, black boy. And I don't want him to think anything different. And I also don't want him to think that only girls deal with, you know, body image. Boys yeah. absolutely deal with that, especially black boys. And it's just important to me to keep learning and to keep putting out art that centers people with – I have – all my kids have all different skin tones. I have, <laughs> so, you know, light to dark. So I try to, you know, make variations of my skin tones in my art, make sure that I'm not – showcasing too many of one color or but I definitely do like drawing you know coloring dark darker skin and I want to get better at it because you know so I'm much more likely to draw brown skin dark and my daughter's you know light skin and I you know um I but I she knows my daughter knows she knows you know we make space for dark skin girls in this house so you know we don't play those games here I mean we're very (laughs) very very above board pro black. I mean that that is normal normal talk in my house. If I learn something, I bring them with me. So, you know, my kids do not they see my body. I wear shorts now. I mean, you're talking about how this art and this creativity and this community has changed me. I mean, I'm wearing things at thirty seven that I have not worn. <laughs> Last summer was the first time I wore shorts since I was maybe like a teenager and I hated wearing shorts when I was a teen. And I said, I'm going to wear me some shorts because <laughs> all these beautiful fat women are wearing whatever they want, and they're gorgeous. And I want that. That's I wanted it. I wanted that freedom. I, it, it's like it was the last thing. I'm so much – there's so much more for me to do in this world than to worry about my weight. If my doctor says, you know, Marlena, you have this thing happening with you, you know, losing some weight can help. I know that I can sit there and ask that doctor, well, how exactly is it going to help me? Show me the numbers. Show me the science. Let me know because, you know, and, and can, you know, and hook me up with a nutritionist. Give me something. I don't, and I want to eat meat, and we're going to have to do it the way I want to do it. I'm not doing the cabbage soup thing again. Yeah. <laughs> or, any, or, or anything crazy because it's not, I can't do it. It's not where my energy wants to be. My energy wants to create. So I spend my time creating now and just vibing with people. People are so much more than what they look like. And if you could just get past the exterior, you don't you don't have to fight with yourself. Get your happiness in a place that doesn't involve anyone else. Because when you start depending on other people to make you happy and to uplift you that you've already gone you've already gone off track. I mean, I think what you said is is super powerful. I'm not even going to try to <laughs> to like <laughs> jump in and elaborate. I think what you're saying is so true. And I think that it is a lesson in growth 
and it is a lesson in understanding maturity and what it means um, a lot of times to put yourself first, particularly when we start talking about the lived experiences of Black women, how so often we never put ourselves first. We've kind of been conditioned to think about ourselves last. And that's probably Black women, you know, across the spectrum. So it's so refreshing to hear that this is how you're practicing your life, but also this is what you're passing on to your children, which kind of ensures in some way that they at least have the teaching to to kind of empower themselves in the same fashion. Um, and, and so and I empower guess, other people. Oh, go ahead. Yes, I'm sorry. And I for sure. Creativity, and not not just creativity, but whatever you're pushed to do, your purpose is tied to serving others, and. That that's just my opinion, but I I really do believe in it because I I can draw. Drawing is great. I love art, and but it but I didn't feel complete with my art. My art is kind of like I you know I know everybody watching still got Erica Badu. I mean, your art and your your passion inside wants to get out. That creative energy has to get out. I mean, I cried watching that verses. I, I I just, they were speaking to me. Your vision is coming through me. I'm just the vessel. You're, you're the idea. You're, you're, you're the brain and I'm, I'm the vessel. It's coming through me, but I'm going to give it back to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's my gift. That's where I find my joy because drawing just for me is not, it doesn't complete me. I want to, sh- I have to share my art. Even if you don't understand it, I have to share it because it's not for, it's, it's not for me. I've shared some art that I thought was pretty great <laughs> and 10 people would like it. And I, I just, and then I do some art in 30 minutes, throw it up. It has 80 likes. You can't keep your art. You create and you give it, you share it with the world and you help them through something. I definitely appreciate the insight that you give um, as it relates to um, how you're growing and, and how you see your art, right. And how you see yourself in some ways as a service but as of service in a way that's also balanced to where you're not losing yourself um, in the sake Absolutely. of giving or for the sake of giving. Yes. And so tell us, you know, tell us what's next. So what is next for what's next for Marlena? What's next for Marlena Jones illustration? Wow. Well, I would love to get some products in my store. I do have some artwork that no one's seen. Um, <laughs> and I have post-it notes of ideas that I have. Um, I would love to, to sell shirts from a, my shop, but T-shirts aren't really, you know, I mean, if people buy T-shirts from me, that's great, but what I really would love to get into is stationery. And that's the first time I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> but I love um, school shopping, school supply shopping. It's it's one of my favorite times of the year, and I get to get a little something for myself because I like notebooks and markers and pens. So I would love to have a, a stationary line of back-to-school items specifically, you know, that highlight black children, um, things that they like, the terminology that they use, the things they're into. I'm just very interested in black children seeing themselves in stores when they go shopping. I, that has been on my mind for a long time. And I think retailers are doing a better job, but I think they could do much better. They could do a lot better. So since I don't see that, and I have four kids, I've done a lot of school shopping, um, I would like to have, I would like to offer something 
where my kids could say, oh, my God, I love this. That's me. Mom, can I have this? I want them to have that experience. Awesome. And tell us again, where is your, where can we find the merch that you're selling now? Actually, I'm not selling merch now. I used to. I used to, but I I just redid my website. That is a good question. I just redid my website, and I have not put a shop up yet. I do offer my services at uh, MarlenaJonesIllustration.com. You can also find me at Marlena Jones Illustration on Facebook and Instagram. People need to know that I'm currently closed for the rest of May for uh, services or projects, but if I am open for June, most of most of June right now. So people should be signing up. Sign up in May for June, okay? Sign yes, up in can, May for June. Right. Just shoot me an email. I do have a, um, you know, since redoing my website, I feel, and I'm glad I redid it before we had this, this uh, wonderful conversation because now I can feel confident that people can go to my site and it'll be easy for you to navigate. Um, I love working with, small and and growing businesses and new businesses. Um, Yeah, I just, I just love, and I'm a rule breaker. (laughs) (laughs) People need to know that. Like, you know, I want to find a way to keep what you need. So, you know, we'll figure it out. And um, if you love my art, definitely um, go to my site and contact me for a quote and I'll respond to you as soon as I can. Awesome. And so Marlene, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I just have one last question for you. You've yeah. given us so much. Yeah. Um, if if there's any words of wisdom or encouragement left that you have, um, <laughs> oh, what would you like? <laughs> what would you like to leave um, the listeners with today? Ooh, I think I got something for them today. <laughs> I hope they're ready. <laughs> You know, if you're out there and you say, I don't have a talent, I'm not good at something, you know, I'm not good at anything, that's a lie. And it's a lie you tell yourself every day and you have to stop because there's something in you and it may not look like what other people think is success or something great, but it can be your something great. Take something and and do something with that. Don't wait for someone to affirm you. You can affirm yourself. Affirm yourself and move forward with your plans and your ideas. If you fail, that's okay. You've learned a lesson. And you can cry for a little bit, and I'll give you some time to be upset about it. But then you got to get up. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you so much again for being on the show. You really did um, share a lot of information that I think is both inspiring and um, and educational as it relates to um our demographic, our community, um, people who are not typically seen in mainstream or paid attention to. And I thank you for the care and the concern and the love that you have towards us. Um, and I look forward to seeing all the great things that unfold in your life, including that stationary line. Um, yes. But yes, <laughs> thank you once again you'll for be being on, on the show. I know, I will be on you and I'll be purchasing because I need Hey there, did you know that I wrote a book? That's right, Fat Girls and Black Bodies Creating Communities of Our Own is slated to be released September 29th of this year. This book is for us and it's by us. 
Join me on a journey as I combat fat phobia and racism to reclaim a space of belonging at the intersection of that which is fat, black, and female. You can pre-order your copy today at freshoutofthecocoon.com. That's freshoutofthecocoon.com. Are you tired of fitness apps that limit what goals you can achieve? What if there is an app that allowed you to reclaim your freedom and self-esteem with a simple click of a button? Introducing Jabby. Jabby is the body-affirming community wellness app, redefining fitness and providing emotional support to move your body in your own way. With features to set your own goals, create workout groups, and receive encouraging messages, ditching the other guys has never been so easy. Head over to jabbyapp.com today to learn more. That's J-A-B-B-I-E-A-P-P.com. With Jabby, you'll never work out alone.